This podcast has been enhanced, which means it has segment chapters, pictures related to the content being discussed, and links to referenced articles, our blog, and in some cases, GPS coordinates to the locations referenced. Enjoy. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Movies are a heightened sense of reality. Mix that medium with Vegas, and even bad movies are somehow made better. Because at least it's in Vegas. 360 Vegas POV, or Vegas point of view, is our opportunity to look beyond the narrative of a film and see the filmmaker's vision for the city of Las Vegas. In this installment of 360 Vegas POV, we continue our analysis of Martin Scorsese's movie Casino by breaking down two scenes that will help to establish the geographic layout for the movie's version of the city of Las Vegas. While we do that, we'll compare the film's version of Vegas to the one that actually existed at the time, as well as today. But before we do that, let's reestablish the rules. We want to see how close the movie storyline matches what really happened. We'll start by assuming both are exactly the same and analyze the movie to either confirm this or establish that they're different. As we encounter moments that conflict with the chronological events, we'll acknowledge them, then remove them from the equation so we can move on connecting the moments in time that still match up. We'll continue doing this until we're finally shown something that breaks the last connection we have to the continuity of the real events. Regarding the landscape, we will allow it to help us progress in the timeline, but not to establish a break in it. Conflicts will simply be documented differences between the movie landscape and the real one. That being said, one rule we will make, you can only reconfigure Las Vegas either in location or in its evolution. The moment something can't simply be reconfigured to explain what you're seeing, the game is over. That includes making changes to the infrastructure, i.e. things like roads and landmarks exist exactly as they are, or were, until something is shown that forces us to relocate them. So if we're driving along the strip and after the flamingo you see the golden nugget, then that's where the golden nugget exists in the film's version of Las Vegas doesn't become a problem until we see the golden nugget shown again, but located in a different geographical location. So let's recap. So far, we've been able to establish that Ace's car bombing happened in 1983, which does not match with when it happened to Lefty in 1982. However, the car bombing scene is a flash forward to the climax of the film. So all we've really learned is that eventually Ace and Lefty's timeline will break from one another. Today, we step back in time from that moment, sync the timelines between the fictional and real characters, and see how long they'll stay in sync. Also, Tony Romas, where the car bombing happened, was relocated from 602 East Sahara Avenue 
to what we know today as Main Street Station Hotel and Casino. Now let's talk about the strip. At four minutes and 56 seconds, we are introduced to the movie's version of the Las Vegas Strip. The view is looking north up Las Vegas Boulevard from the Flamingo Road intersection. On the right corner, you see the Tangiers. Further north, on the same side of the road, is the Flamingo. Directly across the street from the Tangiers is the Dunes. North of that is Caesars Palace. And beyond that, in the distance, you'll see the signage for the Frontier and the Stardust. The scene is set 10 years before the car bombing happens in the movie, which means it's 1973. This version of the strip is not only different from the way it looked in 1973, it is significantly reconfigured geographically. Let's start with the obvious things before getting into the more subtle. First, there's no such property as the Tangiers. It's a fictional place created for the movie to stand in for the property lefty really ran, the Stardust. In 1973, what really existed on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Road was Empey's Desert Villa, a tiny motel that occupied the space from 1952 until 1979, when Barbary Coast opened in its place. Fast forward to 1994, when the movie was filmed, and even though Barbary Coast was still there, it isn't standing in as the Tangiers for the movie. You can tell because no building that has ever existed on this part of the Strip has had hotel windows facing Las Vegas Boulevard. Its Strip-facing frontage has always been a flat wall with the property's marquee signage displayed on the upper half of the building. Even when it was renamed Bill's Gambling Hall in 2007, it retained the same exterior wall look. That didn't change until it became Cromwell in 2014. And even though the building was stripped down to its foundation, the basic flat frontage aesthetic remained the same when they rebuilt it. Another difference between the Tangiers and any building that has existed here is the Pork Shore. No property that has ever really existed in this location has ever had a Pork Shore located on the Strip. It has always been located at the back of the property, the opposite end of where it's shown here. So despite being located where a real Vegas property existed, both in 1973 when the scene is set, and in 1994 when the movie was being filmed, it appears the entire structure representing the Tangiers was created with movie magic. But that's not it for the Tangiers. The movie says the Tangiers is one of the tallest casinos in Las Vegas. Considering how small the parcel of land is between Flamingo's southernmost entrance and Flamingo Road, about 1.8 acres, there's really only one way this could be accomplished within the existing infrastructure as we know it. The Tangiers has to be one of, if not the, tallest hotel casino in Vegas. You can't say it's the longest. That would require us to change the geographic footprint we know exists. And you can't make it any wider because that would require you to relocate Flamingo Road, which would be an even bigger infrastructure change. So until the movie provides visual information establishing it isn't, we have to believe that everything we know about Las Vegas is the same in the movie as it is in reality, and the Tangiers fits on the same plot of land Cromwell occupies today. Across the street from the Tangiers, you see the dunes. What really existed here in 1973 was more of Caesar's Palace. 
Even before they bought the parcel of land on the northwest corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Road from Steve Wynn in 1971, they were leasing it from Howard Hughes Summa Corp and using it as a parking lot. In reality, the Dunes was located a quarter mile south of Caesars Palace, on the southwest corner of its intersection with Flamingo Road. In the movie version of the Vegas Strip, they've completely relocated the dunes. But that's not all they did to it. While we can't see beyond what is displayed here on the Strip, we know that in 1973, the dunes was a huge property. Not only in acreage, but it had already opened the Diamond of the Dunes Hotel Tower back in 1961, which was one of the tallest buildings in the whole city. And since we know the land Caesars purchased from Steve Wynn on the northwest corner was only 2.2 acres, it is mathematically impossible for the version of the dunes that existed in 1973 to fit on this parcel of land. You couldn't even just relocate the Diamond of the Dunes Hotel. We hope you've enjoyed this premium content preview. For access to the rest of this episode, as well as all the premium content we offer, go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. Hey.